Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We are so grateful you have come to join us. We would love to invite you to one of our in-person services. To find out times, locations, and more about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Everybody got baptized. I prayed for them through the week. We have an enemy. I'm not sure if you knew that or not. We do have an enemy. And um, thanks, worship team, for that. And uh, I want to just, I've been trying to uh, encourage people to prophesy. And I'm trying to share with them little bits of my journey to make it easy. This is a, we need to demystify prophecy, make it a normal occurrence wherever we go, whatever we do. We need to be willing because it, because it builds people, it builds a church. That's what it does. Where's that guy I met in the foyer, Richard? Hi, Richard. Do you mind standing up for just a second? Can I just tell you what? This is Richard, everybody. <laughs> is this your first time here, by the way? Okay, sorry. <laughs> there you go. That was not a prophecy. Sorry about that. Hey, I just want to say something to you. you um, if you don't want to be uh, pointed out, you can be seated. You all right? Hey, no, I just want to say something. What happens... Um, like, I could have ignored this specifically, but as soon as he said his name, Richard, I seen a shield. I'm not, I don't know if that means anything to you or not, but to me, that meant Richard the Lionheart. That's what it meant. Richard was a king, and he led in the Crusades and, uh, to liberate people. This is what you do. And the shield that you had, it was a red shield with a cross on it, very similar to Richard the Lionheart's. <clears throat> And uh, because you are a freedom fighter to liberate people and not just liberate them from little temporary, I shouldn't say little temporaries, but, but temporary habits, but actually remind them, to remind, them to, to remind people, yourself included, that not only uh, have, have prison doors be swung, been swung open, but that the warden has been placed in captivity and the prison is burned. You had three big gashes across the front of your shield. I'm not sure exactly what they meant other than you've been in a battle for a long time. From this day forward, the Lord will be your shield and your buckler. From this day forward, you no longer have to fight for yourself. He will fight for you. <laughs> That's Richard. You may be seated, buddy. No, but what, the, what, what prophecy, because Peter, uh, sorry, Paul elevated prophecy. He said, I would that you'd all prophesy. And, um, and it said a number of times about how the, the value of prophecy. Don't be stolen from exercising your gift of prophecy. All it is is sharing the Lord's thoughts for the moment and for the future. It's all it is. And it's meant to encourage other people. And when you stand, if you sort of feel that you want to encourage someone, this is the Lord prompting you to encourage them. And what happens is, is when water turns to wine, it's during the pour. So the, the good stuff that I shared with Richard was the result of the beginning of the pour, the pouring out. That's when it turned to wine, not in the, not in the, in the stone crocks. So the supernatural takes place when the pour happens. 
And the desire to want to encourage another person is built within you. So, so uh, Paul said that, that prophecy is to edify, exhort, and encourage. What it's meant to do is build up, stir up, and cheer up. And don't you know that every day we meet people that need to be built up, stirred up, or cheered up. Don't, don't get all super spiritual about it all. Just begin. If you want to encourage someone, just if you feel, feel it and you see it, say it. And, and, and watch what happens. Uh, because you, because the, the, we build, build the church by building people. The opposite of that is tearing them down. We are church builders. And the cornerstone is Christ, which is why the essence of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. What did he do wherever he went? He healed and he encouraged and he blessed. He confronted religious mindsets and the like. So I just want to encourage us to just simply encourage other people. It'll build them. And you can all do it. It's a little different when you do it publicly, a little different. But if you're at A&W, just go ahead and encourage somebody. Watch what happens. People are, people are hungry for someone to put a little courage into them, to encourage them. I've been talking about relationships, and this is like my fifth, that's a long series, a fifth. The e-book will be out in June. It's a lot of stuff. But what I'm, what I'm, I'm basically sharing one message five times, and um, basically is what I'm saying. And, and it's, uh, it's about understanding that as followers of Christ, uh, we're not meant to live in isolation. When you're in isolation, you're just a theory. We, everything in the universe functions interconnectedly. It has to all work together. You're, and you're no different. I'm no different. We, we function together with others. Uh, what happens when we get into relationships, we get hurt. And if you're not careful, you'll just stay at that spot with a big away and nurse it for the rest of your life. But Jesus invites us to walk out our salvation. Walk it out. Salvation is not an, a, an event. It's a process. And, um, and so what Jesus was teaching us in Luke chapter 6 and Matthew chapter 7 was about how to react and respond to people. Because how we respond, your instant response, is a clue to what's happening within you. I had this morning on the way to the shower... I, um, I'll, I, Kelly makes the best sourdough bread. And, um, and so you toast that stuff, get her good and hot, and then you lather it up with lots of butter. And then, and then you, you take some of that Saskatchewan honey. <laughs> you lather that on. And I'm on my way out on a plate. I'm going up to have a shower this morning. And um, that, now... When toast falls off your plate, like there's a 50-50 chance. <laughs> right? 50-50. And uh, you wouldn't you know that that rascal just hit honey first, right on the... And the reaction was quick, quick. Pick it up, wipe up as much as you can, and eat it, right? <laughs> I thought, that's a deprived reaction. Where, where was that tile last before that honey hit it? But, but uh, the point was, you know, and then I, you know, was wondering what am I eating, what just happened. But, but our reactions are so important. Jesus said when someone gives you a slap, your instant reaction would be give them the other cheek. By the way, there's an endless amount of cheeks. But, but he says your, your, re, your response to that 
in that moment. It's critically important. So basically, the, the, the whole thing I'm trying to talk about is self-awareness, being aware of yourself. This is the key to a great life. I'm gonna, if you're married this morning or about to be married, I'm going to give you the key to a successful marriage this morning. I, um, uh, before I t- turned there, um, I, was, I'm, I was surprised, I've been surprised, this uh, person keeps um, wanting t- to uh, give me an inheritance of um, $15 million. And I get these texts. <laughs> all, you ha- all you have to do is send them $100 and you get $15 million. Seems such like such a good deal. And, and, and kind of funny because after about the 25th one, they said, well, we're going to presume that you're dead. Like I just, hit, I just hit block report, block report. And then, and then after they presumed me dead, they said, it seems like you've been scammed before because you're blocking and reporting junk mail every time we want to give you this $15 million. Well, they were starting to wear me down. Because I was thinking all the things I could do with $15 million. <laughs> and then I go, Lauren, snap out of a, it's a scam. It's a scam, right? And so, anyway, on the 38th time they sent me the text, on the 38th time they said, are you ever stubborn? <laughs> really? Am I stubborn? 38 times I blocked you and reported you, and I'm the stubborn one. It's the funniest thing, hey, because, but, but that level of projection in a relationship, it happens all the time. Uh, this week I finished uh, my 14th radiation treatment, and, and, and while I was <clears throat> nine more, I'd be completely cancer-free. Here's a, so I'm laying, I'm getting, um, you know, you're getting nuked, and, and I, I know everybody have first name, you know, Emmanuel and Kelsey and Katie, and they're all... And um, so I said, listen, they said, are you experiencing any negative effects? I said, well, you know, my thumb is really getting sore. And they said, uh, Mr. Ted, but you know where we're radiating you, hey? (laughs) It's a little segment down here. And I said, no, but my thumb. And then they asked me, so what's your date of birth? I go, oh, you know. But, but I would have loved to have blamed the arthritis in my thumb here on my, the radiation treatments. <laughs> they said, you know, Mr. Tebbett, you're, uh, you are in your 66th year. You know, stuff happens to the rest of your body. And I, go, I just love to blame it on something else. So you know what I did? I went and got uh, I- injections. Uh, I got a vitamin C injection. And while I was there, the, uh, the, the naturopath said, uh, I said, what happens, what happens here in my, in my thumb? And they said, she said, here's what I can do. I'm going to, I can inject ozone right into your joint. I thought, that's, and then what will happen? Well, then you won't have, then it'll ease the pain because ozone. And I said, just a minute, just a minute. Ozone, like air, like, well, it's like O3 or what that, what? Just a minute. And I said, well, will it ease the pain? I said, yeah, it'll ease the pain. I, she said, well, it's going to hurt a little. I said, no, no, I was looking for the other. So she, so she put, she put ozone right straight into the, and I said, so how much is it going to, ah, and she puts an injection in there. We, don't we all want to deal with pain? The, the worst type of pain is relational pain. So I'm going to share with you a secret this morning, and, um, and I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. I want to share a secret about dealing with relational pain. Most of you know this as the golden rule. 
and most of you could repeat it. Uh, so this is, a very, this is a very simple, very difficult, dang near impossible, but one of the best relational hacks that you'll ever, you'll ever find. And Jesus has the highest emotional intelligence of any human that ever walked the earth. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that's taught in the Law and the Prophets. Here's a summary of Scripture. Here's a, this is the essence of the Law and the Prophets. Of course, we didn't have the New Testament then, but if we did, it would still be the essence of it. This would be the summary. Some versions say the summary of the entire Scripture. Simple, here, your behavior should be like this. How would you like to be treated? Treat others that way. How you would like to be treated... Now think about this. I'm referring to self-awareness this morning. We'll talk about the golden rule. We're going to talk about the, uh, the golden question as well. And maybe even the golden condition. This morning's going to be a golden morning. Um, the truth is that not only do we do to others. Sorry. The truth is this. Uh, what we do to others, others will do to us. It's called sowing and reaping. It's a universal principle, can't get away from it. So something's going on in your life, being self-aware rather than blame or project or defend or criticize or point out their faults. The first reaction or the first response is to look at your own life. Okay? there's, There's really only one reason that marriages fail, and there's really only one reason that relationships fail. Selfishness came from the fall. Selfishness. If you agree, you're sort of indicting yourself. But but think about it a little bit. Just say it off for a bit. I'm going to do a quick little summary. My relational life is limited to the people I don't forgive, the offenses I don't release, and the judgments I don't break. The Bible says that mercy always triumphs over judgment. In, in, out of all of eternity, it's interesting that, that when people think of God as a judge, they forget that actually out of all of the days, there's only one day of judgment. And it's, and it's probably going to go like that. It's called the day of judgment. It's not years. It's not I can't wait. It's like a moment of, of setting everything straight. Um, don't you find it interesting that the way that we judge ourselves is based on our intentions but the way we judge others is based on their actions. It's worth noting um, and reminding ourselves that we are never victims. Your perspective is how you see it, not how it is. And when I forgive, I heal. And when I let go, I grow. Forgiveness is the golden ticket to healthy relationships. I, 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 I'm... I've wondered about this, I'm not sure completely, but I think that I don't think it's possible to love without forgiveness or to forgive without love. I'm just working that out, but I don't think so. I don't think so. Has um, anybody heard the phrase, to err is human? Yeah, to err is human, and to err is pirate. Have you heard that? (laughs) Err. A few pirates in the front row. But to forgive is divine. Sowing and reaping is the Rosetta Stone of all the parables. Mark chapter 4 states that. It's interesting. I found out this week that in 1992, the Vatican apologized to Galileo. That 
that they admitted actually that the planets do revolve around the Earth. 500 years late, however, nevertheless. Offenses, Luke chapter 17 and verse 2 in the New King James, it says it's impossible that offenses don't come. It's impossible that they don't come. But here's what happens when they come. Don't take the bait. I've had nine times this morning to be offended. I I thought I'd count. But I didn't take the bait. The Bible's not written in English. It's written in three languages, Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew. And the word for offense is scandalon. It comes from scandalizo, where we get the word scandal, and it means the trigger on the trap. There is a trigger on a trap that's an offense that's set for you to take the bait, and when you do, you will be ensnared in the enemy's trap, and you will not be able to fight your way out except for the blood of Jesus. You break offenses. You break their holds, and you release them, and you bless them. This is what we're encouraged to do. Okay, point number one. That was a review. I want you to turn to 1 John chapter 1, verse 17. Many of you know it. I was, as we were at the all-in the other night, I was reviewing. I was just, just uh, thinking about this sitting at the table, and I thought, what a profound statement in chapter in chapter. One of of First John. Many of you will know this. If we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Think about this with me. I'm referring to the relational paradigm of the kingdom of God. How does how do we how does life work, and how do relationships work? It says here that if we will walk in the light, what does it what does it mean to walk? In the light, just think about it. If, if because, because it's not guaranteed that I'm walking in the light. This is a decision we make to choose to walk in the light. If we will, this, this, if I will walk in the light, if I walk in the light as he is in the light, walking with someone refers to talking with someone. Not, it refers to talking with them. Why? Because, because this is how we relate. If, I walk, if, if I'm walking with someone, I'm talking to someone. If I'm not talking with someone, where, am, where are we? Everybody knows what happens in the dark. Things go weird, am I right? And then people, it starts to go down. Because we assume the negative. If I'm not communicated to, what happens is you'll think negatively. Am I right? That's what happens, Billy. But if we walk in the light, what's that mean? That means if I'll have open and honest dialogue with people, walk in the light, and talk with them openly. If I will be honest with them, I'm told that, that when I do that, like, like because in, in Jesus there is no, there's not even a shadow of darkness he is completely open and completely vulnerable and completely transparent and completely truthful with us. And if I'll do the same, it says that if I walk in the light as he is in the light, completely open and transparent, it says that something will happen. We will have fellowship with one another. This can only happen. Fellowship, koinonia, is only possible between two believers. 
you can be friends with people, you can have dialogue with people, but, he, but he's referring now to a different quality of relationship. Are you, have you ever been in relationship with people and they've chosen to just hide a whole bunch of things? You're in the dark as they're in the dark now. And what happens? There's no fellowship. If I walk in the light as he's in the light, if I walk openly in my relationships and not keep a bunch of secrets because I'm only as sick as my secrets, if I'll not keep secrets, I'll walk openly with another person. Holy Spirit, show us if we need to be open with some people that people are thinking of right now. If I'll do that, it says that we will have a, a form of relationship that's uh, on a higher standard than any other type of a human relationship. It's called fellowship. And it says when we do that, while I'm doing that, it says the blood of Jesus does what? Cleanses us. Now isn't that powerful? The other night we had an all-in night. People were being, they were walking in the light as he was in the light, and we were being cleansed. What happens when we come together like this, without pretense? A cleansing begins to take place. What happens in a relationship with you and your spouse, with you and your friends? When, you be, when you, we become open and honest, something begins to happen between us in relationship that doesn't happen any other time, and it says when that happens... The blood of Jesus washes and cleanses us. I can be healed and cleansed in an open relationship. Or I can stay in the dark and things can get funky. Isn't that profound? This is the book. <clears throat> um, Here's a secret to all relationships that guarantee healthy, healed, redemptive relationships to everyone, everywhere, every time, every place, except we live in a culture that's self-absorbed, self-oriented, and selfish. This is a revolutionary thought in a lawless culture. We're living it, we are living in an era of lawlessness. People without law, without boundaries, just going to do it their way without any regard to the scriptures and in fact hostile, currently hostile. Our culture is currently hostile and they're wondering why relationships are in the dumper. Point number two. In terms of behavior, this is the best summary ever. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Um, Matthew 7 and verse 12. Because this is the... Do, do this then, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by a narrow gate, for the gate is wide and it's easy, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those that enter in by it are many. For the, the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. That's the summary, being self-aware. Um, in order for me to have awesome relationships and redeem any relationship we're involved in right now, I need to be aware enough to take a self-assessment on a regular basis and it's simply asking myself this question, how do I like to be treated? What do you think about that? how you like to be treated? Do you like to be treated kindly? Simple, do that to others. Anybody like being forgiven? Do that to others. 
anybody like when someone's generous to you? Do it to others. Um, does anybody ever like it when someone doesn't just do the bare minimum but goes the extra mile? Wow. Do that. Does anybody really love it when somebody comes for dinner and brings the cheapest wine? That got a, that got a rise. No, no, no. So, so what do we do? We pick our best. You like that? Do that. This is revolutionary. Honestly, it's so simple, but it's so profound. I love gifts, which would explain my addiction to Amazon. <laughs> if something's not showing up every week, I'm, I'm, and I'm like Mr. Bean when something comes to the door. So happy when I get a gift. Give gifts. What do you like? Now this, of course, we live, we live in this tension of complementary opposites because not everybody is so keen about gifts all the time. So we need to figure out what the other person likes and then do that, right? I'm coming to that. But, but that's where we live. You know how you like to be treated. Um, how many people here like somebody pointing out faults in them? Richard, you're a good man. But you probably know that it leads to maturity. Let a, let a righteous man strike me and it'll be like oil on my head. If a good, when a good person corrects you, it actually can increase your anointing. But I'm just saying in general now, that was, that's one side. But the other side is we typically don't like our faults being pointed out, right? I mean, apparently I got some unruly hair back here uh, and not enough product. Four people have tried to correct my little... I'm not offended. I know. Eyebrows are getting long. I know. Check your own. Relationships are mirrors. You got to get this. What I see in another person, if I spot something in another person, that's what I have in a harvest form in me. Don't touch the speck in somebody else's eye until you've dealt with the plank in your own eye. That's the counsel. But it's so much easier pointing specks out. We, gosh, I got, a, I got a, like a, a master's degree in speck spotting. But the point is, instead of pointing out other people's specs, it's to deal with that very specific thing in my own life. And now the relationship has become instantly redemptive. This is so powerful. Uh, I can tell you story after story after story. This is, the, this is the Goliath sword, the thing that was intended to take David down. He took that thing and took off the giant's head. I was at someone's place the other day, and they said, does it look like I'm armed? And I said, gosh, no. You're like, he pulled out three knives. Reached under here. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> you think we 
were like facing a drug cartel. <laughs> Who, uh, okay, so, so the question now begins to move like this. Um, because, because right at the end of this, he says, when, you're, when you are acting like this, what is that in Matthew chapter 7, isn't it? No, it's in, in uh, Luke chapter 7. He says, but if you're willing to listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, pray for happiness for those who curse you, <laughs> pray for those who hurt you. This is so good, so hard. If somebody slaps you on a cheek, turn the other cheek, the other cheek, the other cheek, and then those other two cheeks. If someone demands your coat, give them your shirt as well. Give what you have to anybody who asks and do to others as you would like them to do to you. Uh, do you think that you deserve credit? Love your enemies. Do good to them. Verse 35. Lend to them. What? They're, they're, they're credit risks. And don't be concerned that they might not repay. I'm always concerned. Is anybody else concerned when you borrow money that they'll repay? Jesus said, like, lighten up on that. Man, that's not easy. And then when they don't repay, what do you do? You're offended. Then your reward from heaven will be great. It says the reward's going to come from heaven. I love that. And you'll be truly acting like children of the Most High. Why? Because that's how God treats us. That's how we're treated. This is how he treats us. He prayed. He, I'm being interceded. For, while I was an enemy of Christ, he was interceding for me. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is, it says, because you'll be acting like kids, for he is kind uh, to the unthankful. To the unthankful, typically, I'm unthankful. But he says to be kind to the unthankful. Why? Sowing and reaping. You want some kindness? Give some kindness. Preaching the choir. Uh, Self-awareness. <clears throat> the golden question is this. What's it like to be married to me? No, no, not me specifically. You. I'm referring to you, not me. I, I journal on this lots. What's it like being married to me? Well, the, I, I instantly, as soon as, my first thing is, is shows a level of self-deception. Awesome. Such a good husband. And then I begin to break it down. I go, well, a little short on, a mm, little light on, a mm, little, mm. okay. What's it like to be married to you? Now, what's your spouse like? What do you like? People ask me about, they're praying for their spouse, and I'll say, um, like the right spouse, just praying for the right spouse. I said, forget about praying for the right spouse specifically. Pray about being the right spouse right now. Get that worked out. What's it like to be your friend? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Again, revealing the levels of self-deception. <clears throat> <laughs> I know we think that. We're the best friend ever. Well, really, your friend's the one to judge that. Are they not? What would they say it's like being your friend? What, what's it like uh, being your son or your daughter? This is a golden question. What's that like? Um, what's it like being your employee? What's it like going to my church? Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Okay, oh, wasn't fishing for a compliment, but no, no. But it's a question I need to ask myself. If I didn't wasn't the pastor here, would I go here? I think I would. I think. I, I think. However, but you need to ask that question. What's it like to be my in my small group? Okay. Um, 
Okay. Good. I love it too. Uh, okay. Uh, chapter uh, 7, verse 43. says a good tree can't produce bad fruit. It can't. So, so that your fruit, this is how we, this, this, is, this is the, um, I go between two versions here. And I'm sorry if I got to work back and forth. But it's basically, I'm, I'm in Matthew chapter 7. It says that, uh, beware false prophets. You can detect the way they act. A good tree cannot. A healthy tree produces good fruit. He's referring to, he's not referring to trees. He's referring to life. Is there good fruit in your life? It's because it's a good tree. Is there bad fruit in your life? So it's a bad tree. This is, this is kind of agriculture, but it's kind of, you know, biology. Good tree can't produce bad fruit. Bad tree can't produce good fruit. Um, okay. All right. What do you like? What is it that you like? Um, does anybody, has anybody had their coffee paid for when they go through Starbucks? Has that ever happened to anybody? How's that? You like that? Do that. Newsflash. What do you like? Someone, I was at, uh, we went out for dinner once. We're sitting there, and someone over there uh, shouted us a, um, a, our drinks. They just, and I go, wow, I like that. I wish they'd just keep doing that. But the invitation was for me to start doing that. Do you hear what I'm being aware? What do I like? Do that. Um, I, don't, I, I find people who are disrespectful are like despicable. And the question comes, how respectful am I? People have short tempers. Ah, hey, what about me? It's all self-awareness. Okay, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm getting there. Okay. Um, I love it. Okay, okay, okay. Has anybody ever um, been around people who don't return their phone calls or don't, or don't return their texts? Wow. The height of rudeness. So don't do that then. Just make it a commitment to... Is anybody convicted here at all? Thank you. Okay, that, that helps me. I'll move along. Okay. Um, when our relationships break down, our destiny breaks down. When Pastor Phil said to me once that 90% of my destiny is held in the hands of other people, I didn't believe him. But he's the boss, so I had to reflect on it, honestly. Just think about this. In your life, the relationships that have got you to where you are right now, it, it was based on your willingness to accept them or not. Am I right? You, someone introduced you to someone who introduced you to someone pretty soon, and then someone's on the phone, and you try this, and before you know it, you're like you're holding an office in. We had, right? It's still the same today. And, and this is, we can limit our revelation of Jesus. He says, you're not going to see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Unless I can bless the one that God's bringing to me, I will not be blessed. Why? When God wants to bless you, he doesn't do it in isolation. Well, he kind of can. But the bigger deal is what he probably does is he'll bring somebody around you who can bless you. We, we've, I've wanted to bless somebody. I keep change in my uh, counsel so that when we come to a stop sign and someone comes with a sign... I can give them some money. I remember one day I had a, I had a bunch because I just got my, taking the, the, the um, our bottles in. <laughs> and so I had a bunch. And I said, I can't wait for someone to walk up to me with a sign today. I'm going to bless them. 
Well, you know what and, and, and you know what happened? Every time, every time that day uh, that everybody started to go before I could bless them. And I couldn't figure that out. I still can't quite figure it out because I'm ready to bless people. I used to carry a $50 bill in my pocket all the time just in case I met someone the Lord wanted to bless. Why? Because when God wants to bless you, he brings somebody to you. And when you receive them and you're thankful for them and you're able to, what happens? Blessing flows. I think I've, I think I've overdone that point. I'll move on. Um, such a great story, Jonathan David. He gave up, Jonathan gave up his future for his friend, his sword, his shield, and his cloak. He gave up his destiny. Why? Because Jesus said this, greater love hath no man than this, than he lays down his life for a friend. Do you want to know what Jesus did for you and I? He was selfless. He died for us. He died for a friend. When we weren't friends, he died for us. You, you like that? We need to do that. Give up our agendas for another. My last point, obviously. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 6. If you, if you don't remember any, or memorize any other verse this, this year, memorize Romans chapter 8 and verse 6. Okay? What did I just say? Memorize. Okay. Why is that? Because it says that when we are selfish, this couldn't get any clearer than this. When we are selfish, the mindset on myself is a continuum of death. One of the best solutions for depression is to do something for another person. Because, because when we have something happening within us, the neural pathways begin to build that focus on us. And pretty soon we have stronger and stronger and str That thumb just got bigger and bigger and bigger in my mind, and I can no longer think of anybody else's thumb. But the mind set on the spirit is what? Life and peace. Peace. No, but life and peace. I'm a, is anybody interested in life and peace? Set your, set your mind on the spirit. This is changing mindsets. Because you all got a mindset. Mindset on self is destructive. Uh, nature. Um, our nature is like that. It's pretty clear. So, it, it, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. If anybody desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. You can't say I took it up yesterday. Well, I'm glad you did if you did. But this is daily. Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Your, uh, the cross is not laid upon you. It's taken up. This is the decision that you make. He laid his life down for you. Now, voluntary, you you're not bearing his cross. You're bearing your own. There's been times I would like to have cast out my flesh. You're ca you can't cast out flesh. You crucify flesh. It's impossible. We, uh, um, I know this isn't... The, I, G we like to preach self-fulfillment, but Jesus preached self-denial. It's impossible to know God's plan or his dream or his agenda while you're holding on to your own. Chapter 7, Matthew, and I close with this. He says, um, I'm going to read it from the ESV. He says that not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. He didn't say heaven. He said the kingdom of heaven, the, 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 res the resources of heaven on earth. 
He says, yeah, we, didn't we do all these things in your name? And he said, then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from you, you workers of lawlessness. Those, this Broadway, ha, ha, anything goes on the Broadway. Anything goes. The narrow way has boundaries. It has discipline. The narrow way. Few find it. But we just want to do whatever we want. And then expect them to pass laws to satisfy my selfishness. Jesus said, no, there's a narrow way that has boundaries. It has limitations. It has instructions. It has specific options. Not just anything goes. But he says, depart from me, you lawless ones. Those of you who have no law, just do whatever feels good. That's the path of destruction. But if we will surrender to the lordship of Jesus and say, I think he wants good things for me, but I'm going to have to live within the confines and the limitations that he sets out for me in his word. The entire society depends on discipline. Our entire society depends on discipline. Anybody had, and aren't you happy when you jump on an airplane that the pilot is disciplined? He checks all his gauges. I wouldn't want me flying a 747. I wouldn't. Do you see how important it is that he was disciplined? And the result is I can trust him. When, when I go in for radiation, I just simply ask them this. I said, okay, you guys, this isn't curling. Close is not good. you got to hit the bullseye. And here's what they do. I'm in for about 15 minutes. 13 of those are lining up. Little to left, little, 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 little. My son was watching that process. He says, Dad, you're radiated for less than two minutes, but the rest of it is all lining up. All right. I am so thankful they didn't just grab someone from the parking lot. Could you come down here and just run this? Why? Discipline. You can't just jump, you, you can't just jump on the piano and start to play. It'll be, a, it'll be horrible. You have to have discipline. If you there's a narrow way that will lead to life. Are you getting what I'm saying? But Jesus, we did all these miracles. Yeah, yeah, they're not, they're, they're not the test of maturity, miracles. We did all these things in your name. We, uh, I'm, I'm going to pray for the youth. We have to figure this out pretty, like, when you're a baby, you can, like, disregard everybody and just cry. Doesn't matter if mom's been up all night. You can just cry. Right? But when you're 16, when you're 35, when you're 45, sometimes the noisiest ones in the church are the most immature. Did I say that? No, I'm just saying, I did say that. Okay. The most mature think of other people. What is my decision? How is this going to impact others around me? How is what I am about to say, will this, will this build and bless, or is this going to hurt somebody? The Bible says your words are like a knife, like arrows. Whoops, sorry, shot you in the thigh. Too late. Father, we know so little about self-sacrifice and self-denial. We just like to do what we want to do when we want to do it. And Lord, today, I feel like more than anything, your Holy 
Presence is reminding us of one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. And I'm in control. What I say, what I do, how I respond to the people around me. I wanna, I wanna be conformed to your image and respond out of love and grace and mercy. Mercy, not giving people what they deserve, but the opposite of that. Oh, Lord, we just need you so much in our life. Minister this word to us over and over and over again, me specifically, me, me, me specifically, over and over and over again. This season, as we're moving into the week of passion, self-denial, I'm so thankful you died for me, that you gave your life for me while I was an enemy of yours, but you gave your life for me. Can we do that for others around us, beginning with our wife and our kids, our employers, Everybody we meet, we want to be like children of the Most High. In the name of Jesus, amen. Pretty simple message, hey? Pretty difficult message, hey? Thanks for, thanks for listening. I'm just going to invite the youth uh, team up and their leaders. I'm going to pray for you. Um, during the huddle this morning, it was so interesting that somebody, I think Michelle Vanderveen said, um, she felt the Lord say, who will go? And she said, I heard the, the Lord saying, the youth said, here I am, send us. I love what's going on. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, subscribe to our podcast and find us on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you would like to give to our church, go to myc3church.ca. See you next week.